This is a HeadGum Podcast. Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. They are incredible sheets. They're incredible bed sheets that were inspired by NASA. They use silver-infused fabrics and make temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature. And let me tell you a little something about myself. When I first moved to New York City, I essentially went to a corner bodega, bought a set of sheets that were made out of what felt like cardboard, and that's what I slept on for like years. I thought, I guess I thought I just wasn't even worth more or like, I just didn't even know that comfort was possible. And then I started like actually realizing like, oh, I don't have to live like this and buying actual sheets that made sense. And truly the temperature regulating property of these NASA inspired sheets by Miracle Made or like the apotheosis of adult living. Like you can live with comfort, with temperature regulating. The funny thing is I thought temperature regulating was just like something you had to just deal with your whole life. That There was no sheet that could help you with that. Your body just went through wild temperatures and that just, you know, sucked and you had to just deal with it. But you don't have to deal with it because you can get miracle made sheets. They're self-cooling for better sleep. They're also, this one's really fun and it's actually really important for my husband, they're self-cleaning because they're infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them cleaner and fresher three times longer than other sheets. And because of that, it's designed for your skin. So it stops the bacteria so it doesn't clog your pores and it doesn't cause as much, you know, breakouts and acne, which is a big problem for my husband. Since we started using Miracle Made, my husband has just had way less of the breakouts and the clogged pores. And like I said, they're just like, luxurious. Um, They're designed for a person who's graduating from the cardboard sheets of their youth. (laughs) Graduate from those, you guys. So go to try miracle.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's T-R-Y, try miracle, M-I-R-A-C-L-E dot com slash fake the nation. And at the checkout, use the promo code fake the nation and you'll get three free towels and you'll save an extra 20%. And Miracle's so confident in their product that it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you're going to get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. And thanks so much to Miracle Made for sponsoring this episode. And thanks so much to Miracle Made for regulating my body temperature at night uh, with the sheets. I really love them. Fake the Nation, episode 290. Hello, hello, this is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about culture, and where we say to everyone who's upset, you guys, Tom Brady played for 22 years. Like, it's okay. Is that retirement is just fine. I am your host, Nagin Farsad, and yeah, I take positions on a sport I don't know anything about. Today, we're going to talk about a former president and a possibly former prime minister, We'll also talk about the Whoopi Goldberg controversy and that whole Joe Rogan kerfuffle. What is it about that and why are his podcasts so long? Today, I have the most exciting panel. This is a very... There's just... We're covering many points of the globe on today's podcast. Um... 
joining us again on the show. You've heard her here before. I've had the, the, the just wonderful pleasure of working with her on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me as well. And I've had the pleasure of being stuck in airports with her in oh, various yeah. points of the country. Uh, she is the author of the book that just recently came out that you immediately have to buy. It's called Tell Everyone on This Train I Love Them. Um, and she, this is not her first book. This is like her umpteenth book. She's so fucking hilarious and good at writing them. It is the Thank one you. and only Maeve Higgins. Hey, oh, Maeve. Messy, messy. Hello. Thank oh you so my much. God. So happy to I have you. I forgot about our airport um, trip. We had, a, we had a really great day I at wish the that airport. would happen again. I miss being in airports I, with my friends. I know, right? I mean, it, it's where some of the best shit talking happens, <laughs> I feel like, because it feels like it's not real time. You know what I mean? Like yeah, nothing yeah. you say matters, so you can yeah. just let it rip. Yeah. Um, we had a good time. And I was also very early, like my 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 kid was still a newborn. Uh, you, and you so were trying I was, to pump. I was trying to pump. Mm-hmm. And Maeve was just trying to like be like, where can we get this milk I was out? trying to pump was, too and it wasn't yeah. happening. <laughs> so anyways, let us move on to mm-hmm. the next panelist who I'm so excited to have on this show. He's so incredibly funny as a stand-up comedian. If you see him live, you just are in for such a thrill ride. He's just so fun to watch. Um, follow his Instagram because it's just, it's it's incredible and funny and entertaining. It is, uh, you can follow him at I am Tehran. He is the one and only Tehran Van Gasri. Hey, Tehran. Thank you so much, Negin. Actually, I'm not excited to be here simply because I was never stuck in an airport with you all and now I feel like <laughs> I'm not in the crew. Like, I want to be stuck in the airport. I want to uh, pump my breasts for a baby. Like, <laughs> I want to be part of the crew. Feeling. Like, I want to be part of this crew, and I'm I'm such an outsider right now that it's just like, I'm not excited for me to be here. Honestly, I, Maeve, we should all follow Maeve and get her book, because that's amazing. I'm in and love with everyone on the train. Stuck, we should all be stuck in airports with Maeve. That is, I think, it should be on your bucket list. That should be a goal. Yeah, a I'm at JFK goal. right now, wandering around, looking for somebody to be stuck with. Yeah. Well, let's get into it with uh, topic number one. So um, I saw a headline in the Times that talked about Trump losing his grip on the Republican Party. Not entirely, just like there are strains. And I, I didn't even know he had a rally this weekend. Did you guys know? Uh, and as it, it, you know, and I don't know if you know this, but I try not to talk about him on this show. Um, yeah. But it just seemed like there's a little bit of a shift happening, and it might be a good time to just remind ourselves the dude exists. He's still a political player. Um, but where, where, you know, do you feel like dr- that Trump and the the GOP are still one in the same, or are there cracks in that veneer? Well, I have a personal opinion, but Maeve, I'd love your take, of course. <laughs> this is a personal opinion show. <laughs> like my take as a Republican spoke. Okay, as a Republican uh, Yes, I would like that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, speaking on behalf of the GOP, please continue. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I'm like the little Mitch McConnell in waiting over here. Um, well, that's why we bring we bring you on the show, Maeve, is to really diversify our opinions. I know, because you want to get both sides, and I really both appreciate sides, that. And that's what I you mean, do. I mean, I was chill to hear that, you know, he's back out on the road doing rallies. That's where mm. he's at his most potent. Um, you know, but I'm also nervous when he's quiet. Do you know, like, it's like a toddler. <laughs> there's something really right. bad when there's no noise. You know, that means they're right, you know, setting right. fire to the house. Yes, yes. 
Uh, Tehran, what what is your take? What is your personal opinion? My my personal opinion. First of all, ironically, Mitch McConnell also is a fan of breastfeeding babies while lost in airports. A lot of people don't know that. You should check it out. <laughs> it's actually on his Wikipedia page. You should go find it. Little known fact. I am a fan of Donald Trump because I love what Donald Trump means for this country. Remember when people didn't believe in racism and then Trump and then the liberals were like, oh, wow, there is racism. Oh, my God, never knew. And then all the white women of color came out of the woodworks and they were like, oh, all the white I, women I'm of so color. sorry for everything going on. <laughs> Do you mean Rachel? All of, them, all of them. <laughs> all of them. And then they would be like, oh, my God, it's so sad. Let me touch your hair. It was it's amazing. See, Tr Donald Trump is a reminder that democracy for all the corruption that has been accused of in this country and all the capitalism and corporations and everything that actually are in play, democracy works in the United States. Why? Because nobody thought or nobody wanted this guy to win and he won because people actually went and voted for him. Now, losing his grip on the Republican Party is simply because he's living, he's been losing his grip on reality slowly over time and the Republicans don't wanna be responsible. But the truth is, in any political party, they're more responsible or um, accountable to their parties than they are to the American people. And nothing shows that more than Donald Trump. Yeah, I think that's especially true for the Republican Party. And let me just give you some real numbers to bring it in here. 44% of, according to an Associated Press survey, 44% of Republicans said they didn't want Trump to run for, for office again. 56% um, of Republicans now define themselves more as supporters of the GOP um, compared to 36% who, who are supporters of Trump first. The Trump first faction, which I think I felt like we heard mm. about all the time, um, accounted for 54% of Republican voters in October of 2020. Um, and, and, and that number, like I said, is down to 36%. So those numbers are dwindling. And then the interesting thing is white Republicans without college degrees went from 62% identifying with Trump to 36%. So they, that was like one of the major losses demographically for him um, in these recent polls. And last piece of numbers, and because I'm suddenly turning into a 538 <laughs> podcast, uh, Trump, uh, led by 40% against DeSantis in hypothetical polling in October, um, but the margin fell to only 25% leading DeSantis. Oh, so wow. I don't know. Those are interesting numbers, and, they, and they're from a few different polls. So And they show uh, again, you that people lie on polls. And we've seen this before, because according to the same <laughs> right. polls, President Hillary Clinton was ascending to the throne. That's the problem. Is that what well, it's really oh, showing me? The problem me is also sta is statewide versus national polls. So the so the national polls for like for for President Hillary Clinton were pretty accurate. It's the, the statewide polls weren't considered as as right. As and much I wonder too about the DeSantis thing. Like, and I wonder if anyone has the you know like wants to go up against him at this point. And like if they did, like if there was like a you know another leader you know in the wings that like they would they would switch over or are they just going to be like always for Trump like that smaller percentage right and it sounds like that what's happening is that there's this group of people that are like a Trump based GOP yeah. that's no longer Trump 
lead is, mm. is what's sort of forming. It's like, you know, uh, and, and DeSantis mm. is an example of that. But it's interesting. I mean, Trump endorsed some people like in tenant, like he, I think he, he made an endorsement in, I think it was Tennessee, where, I mean, people just went, like his, the MAGA people went crazy. Why would you uh, endorse Morgan Ortega as a dude who worked for Mike Pompeo? And he got like, uh, caught a lot of flack. So like, not, not even his endorsements are necessarily thing. like yeah. a sure thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, well, once he got the vaccine, once he got the vaccine, they kind of fell off him. You know what I'm saying? They're like, wait, what? You're vaccinated? And then also in news it. that we don't need to like that. I wish I didn't even know. He's also boosted. Ugh. So there you go. He and, but he didn't even mention the word vaccine in his rally because last time he did, he got booed and stuff. Anyways, we don't need to fucking talk about that guy anymore. I just want to get a quick thing from you guys. But I do want to. So we we have on our show today. Very exciting. A, a United Kingdom adjacent neighbor in the in the form of Maeve Higgins. Um, so from your vantage point of Brooklyn, <laughs> tell me, um, what do you think? This Boris Johnson situation is really interesting. He had four. So if, if for people who are who've been under a rock, he had four parties minimum that they four. discovered, including a surprise minimum four. There might be others. Um, that including a surprise birthday party um, that it that it, at times when he was having this party like he had one in May of 2020 um, during a time when they were punishing national lockdowns and people were only to, allowed to see family and friends only one on one in public parks you know so he was out in the you know 10 Downing Street Garden having a party um, there was another one in April of 2021. Um, when, you know, that happened sort of like the day before Queen Elizabeth was following the rules and sat alone during the funeral for her husband. Uh, you know, just these examples of like people following the rules and him not following the rules. And it seems to have, you know, two thirds of the country wants him to resign. Maeve, tell us what you know of other countries that speak English also, <laughs> um, who are prime ministered by Mr. Johnson. Uh, what What's going on? I mean, I've been... Watching, you know what I would say is cool about this story is that like it was broken by, uh -huh. I mean, so much of it is wonderful to see. <laughs> so you know, all of it's really cool. If if he if he resigns, if he escapes this, it will just be personally it will be devastating for me. Like, cause I just think that like <laughs> it, it's it's so brazen of him. It's so um, elitist. One rule for him, one rule for the rest of them. It's inarguable. Mm. Um, but also it's sort of hilarious like <laughs> they they love drinking they love drinking alcohol they love they're drinking. old they're and old together. people uh, they're young people and all they want to do is just get boozed up there was um I guess like two interesting things for me one was that the tabloids broke this story and you know so often like British tabloids in particular are, you know they do terrible things but also like, they get really good stories and like this was a story that like all of the mainstream you know or like the kind of like more um the less tabloid newspapers and and the BBC ignored for a really long time because they were like oh it's just kind of a you know you're talking about parties and alcohol it's it's his personal life and it's like, well, no, our our politicians have to, you know, have the same rules and have the same like ethical code that we do. Um, and then finally, the more and more that was revealed, then the the mainstream news started to catch on. And, and now he's in real trouble, I think. Um, but yeah, like 
as an Irish person, you know, you love you love to see it. Like it's just so fun <laughs> to see him stuttering and sputtering and getting in trouble. I mean, it's also kind of embarrassing. I don't know if you saw like an old school report of his surfaced this week and it was his schoolmaster no, at no. Eton, which is, you know, a public school, meaning a private school in England. Bit, and yeah. the schoolmaster was like, basically like, this guy is a little prick. Like, you know, in very fancy words, he was, <laughs> oh, you know, young Boris uh, really doesn't think the rules apply to him, but he must learn that they do. And it's kind of dispiriting that like he never learned that and he's just been rewarded oh and rewarded um all the way up to you know like the UK's top job he's so powerful now and he's still acting this way so it would be great to see him you know to see any way that the conservative government there could uh could get disempowered that would be just a really lovely start to the spring <laughs> Tehran what do you think is he look is he staring down um a resignation? Well, first of all, I was surprised to ever find out that white men in power corrupted absolutely. That was very I'm surprising sorry, to me. <laughs> I never expected this kind of behavior from the Brexit guy. I thought he was going to be on the up and up, <laughs> right? And also, people, you know, shouldn't have been so shocked because we don't know a Boris that doesn't like to drink. Let's be very honest, right? The difference is with Boris is... He's their Trump, right, in power, but they, in, 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 in the UK, they have a Kamala that everyone actually likes. So they have this guy, Rishi, who's actually very polished, who's still a conservative, but comes from a background that looks great on paper and works for them. And so that helps that transition of let's get rid of this guy and get this other guy in. And that's what it looks like. I was... I was literally in London less than two weeks ago. And did there was this feeling in the air. Did you go to a garden party at 10 Downing Street? <laughs> I, not only did I go to the garden party at 10 Downing Street, yeah. I was the garden party at 10 Downing Street. Do you understand? We were, we were chilling. Let's not forget that Boris bulldozed the kid while playing fake soccer, right? Fake soccer yeah, football. Yeah. Did we forget that video where he just bulldozes an eight-year-old or whatever it was into the ground and is so proud and oh pleased God. with himself? Like, that's who we're talking about. So is there going to be a resignation? Not till the last minute. This guy's going to fight it all the way regardless. And right now the party is slowly turning on him. And especially because they do have a Rishi, they do have someone who's a great supplemental leader who they feel like can win more elections. And that's what it comes down to a lot of these elections is not who's the best, but who can win. And that seems to be the problem. And it's very problematic in a lot of our Democratic Party, two-party systems. Uh, all right. I uh, I love everything that both of you have said. Um, also, I have not seen the clip of the soccer thing. Oh, you have to watch this clip. Uh, which this, you have to I, watch I know this your clip. description was so good, Tehran. I think maybe that was like even better than watching it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Been yeah. watching the yeah. Um, I know. Now my expectations of this clip are extremely high. All right, uh, folks, um, let me know. What do you think? What do you think is going to happen? This is so weird. Um, taken down by garden parties. I didn't see, I, at, at the very least, I didn't see this outcome uh, happening. Yeah. All right. Um, we are going to take a break. And when we come back, we will continue speaking. Today's show is sponsored by Rocket Money. Ugh. Folks, I mean, first of all, it's a personal finance app that helps you find and cancel unwanted subscriptions and it monitors your spending and it helps you lower your bills. But that's 
headline news, okay? What it has done for me, it has reminded me of the absolute ridiculous world of things that I have subscribed to. And why have I subscribed to them? Why have I wasted my money in such a way? And thank God that Rocket Money has come around to show me that, hey, Nagin, you don't need a subscription to an obscure Brazilian film archive, do you? One of the things that I found for me once that was really upsetting was that I was paying for a subscription twice. It was an educational app. And you think an educational app isn't going to do you that way, but you know what? It might. It also lowered a bill for me. Lord, my cable bill. Yes, I still pay for cable. Don't worry about it. And then the other great thing is when you are trying to get rid of these subscriptions, you just do it with one tap. You don't have to like call customer service or whatever, all the other miserable things that you do when you're trying to get rid of a subscription. It just does it with one tap. That's one of the actually best things about it because I've had such a hard time in the past trying to unsubscribe from something myself. It lowers your bills for you by up to 20%. 5 million users. It has helped save an average of $720 a year, which makes sense for me because that's about as much as, that's about what I was saving. And with over $550 million in canceled subscriptions, that's what they've achieved. I mean, you've heard me talk about Rocket Money before. It has really improved my relationship with subscriptions. I'm going to just tell you that much. So stop wasting your money on things that you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Guys, cancel those unwanted subscriptions at rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we are back. And before we get into talk about number two, I wanted to uh, quickly talk about races to watch. That's right, folks. It is the midterm elections. Um, There are a bunch of down ballot races all over the country, not just congressional races. So um, and and it turns out we have a lot of listeners from Texas. Thank you so much for people who have been writing in. We have a lot of listeners from Texas that wanted me to remind you guys that uh, we have a governorship race there. Um, Beto O'Rourke, I'm sure you know, is running to replace Greg Abbott. And one of our listeners reminded us that he lost to Ted Cruz by a slim margin of only 200,000 votes. And since then, a lot of people from like California have moved to Texas. So that 200,000 vote margin, I mean, could be chipped away at you know that it's not something insurmountable um so there's a lot of hope there there's a lot of energy around um the 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 beto o'rourke uh candidacy also there's a lieutenant governor race in texas and that vote is separate from the governor vote uh and it holds a lot of legislative power that position and there are three people running against dan patrick it's mike collier carla braley and michelle beckley um i urge you to look them all up uh check them out see who you like put your time and money into who who you like. Uh, I also want to shout out, thanks um, again to another listener from Wisconsin who's reminding us that the Republican Ron Johnson um, is 
is, you know, up for re-election. Uh, and Mandela Barnes, who's currently lieutenant governor, is one of the top candidates running against him. He was recently endorsed by Cory Booker, James Clyburn, and my girl, Elizabeth Warren. E-dubs, what up? Love you. Uh, so look at Mandela Barnes, uh, because that looks like a very interesting candidacy. All right. Um, keep them coming. You can email us at fakethenation at headgum.com. Again, that's fakethenation at headgum.com. And I will shout out these races. It doesn't matter how small. Let me know. I, there's people in every district. All right. <laughs> I assume. I actually have no idea. Is Elizabeth Warren still Native you know, American? She dealt with that whole thing. Just making and sure. And we're over it as a country. <laughs> not, I don't know if we're over it as a country. Not There are Native Americans who are probably definitely not over it. So I will not speak to The Republicans to that. are not over it. They're the ones who bring it up all the time. That's true. They do. They do. <laughs> Republicans in Tehran bring it up. Um, all right. Let us move on to topic number two. Uh, so before this is like a topic number um 1.8 which is that Whoopi Goldberg is now in the hot seat because of comments she made on the view about the holocaust saying that the holocaust uh was not about race um what first of all i was confused by her statement um but also you know, she's been suspended from ABC for a little bit of time while she reflects. She made a right. public apology on the show, I think, yesterday. She has like a little mandatory leave so she can reflect on her comments. Uh, what did you think, Tehran, of this, um, you know, this controversy that's now taking the Internet by storm? What did you make of it? Well, first of all, let me go out and say that I love Whoopi Goldberg. I have loved her since I was a child. I've had a crush on her. I think she's amazing. She was wrong, what she said was wrong, and this is where inclusivity plays a very tricky part in the narrative. Now, most people who have a judgment on this View segment have never actually watched the View segment. They probably never even watched the View, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people didn't watch the show, they didn't watch the entire show, they didn't watch what Whoopi said, and her initial part where she was trying to express that this was about evil, towards humanity. That one was a beautiful narrative, still principled. I don't think it was very pragmatic, but I understood where she was going. And it was a little bit of the all lives mattering, the concept of Jewish oppression and the Holocaust. But then she furthered it by trying to include a piece on how it was white on white crime, basically. And that was extremely problematic, considering that Jewish people have been persecuted in places where they were not considered white historically time and time and time and time again. In fact, every Jewish holiday is about this very point, is the inclusivity of religion and race being one in the Judaic people. And the concept that Whoopi went wrong was trying to force it. Now, people are compounding this with critical race theory and pushing their own political agenda, but it's very simple. Racism is wrong, bigotry is wrong, anti-Semitism is wrong, Islamophobia is wrong, all these things are wrong. If you say something like the Holocaust wasn't about race, it'd be very similar to saying Dylan Roof didn't go into a black church to kill black people, right? Mm -hmm. We saw a very similar description come out in the Asian community when uh, when a murderer whose name I don't want to make famous went out and killed a bunch of Asian massage yeah. workers and murdered them. And people were like, well, that's not because they're Asian. 
recently the FBI just declared that the person that took a synagogue hostage, it was not about Judaism at all. And that's just ridiculous. All these other buildings, trust me, there was a CVS on the way. You could have took that hostage. The point I'm making is simply this, is that we have to understand as difficult it is as it is, inclusivity often overlaps. So a lot of times oppression and suppression and aggression all overlap within one person. As a person who is mixed, half black, half Persian, with the dynamic of religions, whether it's Islam, uh, Zoroastrianism, Christianity, or Jewish, as from my grandmother, I understand inclusivity because I live it, but most people don't. But I just want people to remember, boxes are meant for things and not people. Mm. Maeve, what do I you really, think? Take, take I really Tehran disagree down. With, this is your chance. I disagree with everything <laughs> Tehran just said. But you know what I think about trans people? <laughs> You're fine. No, but it's just, it's honestly an inclusive thought. It's, it's a lot of people don't understand this overlap. Now, am I saying that Jewish people do not benefit from whiteness? There are Jewish people that do. There's a shroud to it, right? And that's that overlap is because if you look at it on paper, it would seem that way. But it's not always the case. And specifically in the Holocaust, where Hitler in Mein Kampf and in statements specifically denotes Jewish people. And as the trick is that it's a religion when it's actually a race and they're the inferior race, part of it, and it wouldn't matter their religious belief. It wouldn't matter if the Jewish person was ex extremely uh, religious or not. They would equally be ascertained and deemed and destroyed, which people forget is the Holocaust is one of the most evil atrocities on the planet, and we should never dismiss it in any way. Yeah, I mean, it's what's weird is like she said... It's not about race, but about man's inhumanity to man. Um, it it also just it like it feels like a dumb insistent. I don't know. It obviously they were referred to as an inferior race by Nazis or whatever. So like her weird semantical insistence on that was just weird. I, I guess, Maeve, what do you think about the punishment? Or I guess, do you think an apology is sufficient? Or do you think that, do you think her tensions were Yeah, there? I mean, I thought her, I thought her apology was, was really heartfelt. And it made, you know, she, I think she just genuinely didn't know. And then she learned, yeah. uh, she learned and then she apologized and said, oh, actually, I thought it was a different thing, but now I understand better. So I don't know about like putting her yeah. off the air for two weeks. Um, yeah, I think that's like a bit much, honestly. But um, it it's it you know yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's like it's I, also I you know it, it's a it's just a learning moment, and um, she genuinely did not know. So I just feel like. And loads of people don't know. And like Tehran, like you were saying, yeah, Tehran, but like Maeve, the, yeah. I'm yeah. sorry, learning experience at the expense of yeah. who? And that's the thing. It's two weeks. If I did something wrong in school and I didn't mm -hmm. know, I would still get suspended. She didn't get fired. The only mm -hmm. person who's like kind of laughing but upset is Roseanne Barr right now because of her statements before, right. which personally only attacked me and Valerie, but that was it. But the concept is this learning experience at the expense yeah. of who? This is a person whose name is Whoopi Goldberg. So, and a master communicator. Yeah. I cannot absolve Whoopi Goldberg of all people of any of these. Wait, so you think she should be suspended? I think that the suspension was valid. Is mm -hmm. valid, understanding the position from the network, from what 
from what happened, from what was said, and the exposure that it's getting and the traction, let's remember this is something that's not just offensive. It, and here's the, here's the problem, and this is problematic a lot, is this is one person's opinion and she is not an expert. And right. for some reason we've decided if people have opinions and a big platform, they must be experts, but that is not the case. She's not an expert, but she does have a big platform and words have meaning, words have power, which is why we call things spelling or curse words. We know that words have power and they affect people. Hitler took an entire nation and a, a, a world by words. And so we need to be a little more aware and especially a Whoopi Goldberg of all people. I do believe she was sincere in her apology and that she is learning and I hope she continues to do so. And this is a warranted valid suspension. Two weeks sounds like a bit much until you take it. And what if she had said this about women or trans people or black people? That would have been a much more apparent. But it wouldn't be the same thing, though, because she talk was talking about race. It's a different thing. And it's just like, I guess you can like punish people and stuff. But I just don't know how that if that works. <laughs> like mm. like suspension if from Bette school. Miller told like, me that, that doesn't actually work so i don't know if there's a better way to deal with it honestly i mean there's not a way that like apparent. putting people in prison doesn't really work you know sure like but it's the best way we have to keep rapists and murderers and pedophiles off the street so for well, now but it, but I, it I isn't think... though it, it it isn't restorative justice is a lot more effective when you're talking about big huge crimes and also i think when you're talking about um you know like i guess you think crimes of language or something, what she said, but I think is just a mistake. I think there's better ways to do it than- I think, um, you know, I mean, I think you both have a point here that like she is a master communicator and for her to make such a mistake is seems just crazy. Mm -hmm. um, and that I also think that her intentions were are essentially generally good um, and that, you know, punishment isn't, uh, I, I do think it's a teachable moment. I do think it's a great time for us to communicate and talk sure. about things instead of getting angry, mm -hmm. right? And like, and and for her to say words do matter, and that applies to me, like, you know, and this is and this is what I've learned about the words that I just used. Like, that's that's pretty great. I feel like then raking her over the coals, which I I don't think two weeks suspension is a raking over the coals, no. but it is it's something, right? And I, you know, I think anything more than that I think would have probably been too much but I I can see uh, you know I can see both of your positions that it's like it's I also just in general would love to get into a world where we take these things and we recognize that a person is sorry mm -hmm. and we can accept that they are yeah. and that we're, and work with like how to talk to them uh, and and create that like dialogue as opposed to rushing to cancellation da, 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 whatever right. you know it i i would love to get into a world that's just a little bit more gentle about when people make mistakes and when people maybe are mean um in on a language issue but they are willing to change mm -hmm. like are we letting people change do do we allow that mm -hmm. you know um, do we embrace that, you know, or do we just want them to keep uh, somehow, um, you know, it, like, is their apologies ever enough? I, I wonder sometimes. Yeah. I mean, in this case, it clearly wasn't enough for a lot of people. 
I mean, I, right. And and I'm not Jewish, so it's not. I don't. I, you know, right. like I don't. Like I, again, this isn't for me to say. Yeah. I'm just thinking out loud here, folks. But that's why uh, I'm saying that. Maybe, that's why I'm saying if Bette you know, yeah. Midler had said on the View that slavery wasn't about race, I think heads would roll. Right. That that would be a very big concern. Well, we take this stance when it comes to Jewish people because of some of Jewish people's success. We try to, we, at times we dismiss that, but it's not fair to do that to any group of people. And that's why it's so severe. And honestly, the only reason that Whoopi Goldberg's being suspended for two weeks instead of canceled altogether is because of her impeccable record thus far, right? Because right, right, I wouldn't right. be so forgiving. And that's why we have such a hard time taking apologies is because a lot of times we find apologies to be extremely performative. Well, let's move on to topic number 73. Uh, another, like, controversial figure this week, but not um, usually more controversial than Whoopi Goldberg. Um, Joe Rogan. Yeah, cancel that guy, that guy. Controversy. (laughs) (laughs) You probably heard the controversy of the Joe Rogan experience. So the flagship Spotify podcast got Rogan a $100 million deal. Um, It is the most popular podcast in the world, I guess. Um, And Rogan has been under pressure because last week, Neil Young stepped up and said, Rogan spreads misinformation about COVID. So Spotify, you can either have Neil Young or you can have Joe Rogan, but you can't have both. Spotify then pulled Neil Young's music. Uh, A few artists then followed suit, um, like uh, Joni Mitchell and... uh, Brene Brown took off her podcast. Brene Brown, who has, um, uh, I think, Spotify-exclusive podcasts, actually. Um, She stopped recording until, you know, they could figure this out. Um, And, you know, before... I guess before we get into the specific issue here, Maeve, I wonder, like, how would you categorize his show like well so this is where I feel like a bit of a hypocrite because I have never listened to his show but like I I think I know what it is which is like (laughs) very long a very long chat show right and like he's a comic he started out as a comic certainly yeah um and I guess he you know in that kind of like boring white man way wealthy white man I would say he's like let's really look at this, you know, like from all angles kind of thing. Like I get, I think that's his shtick where he's like, I'm not afraid mm-hmm. to go there. Um, but, but he's also like not very smart. Um, so he lets in all sorts of like terrible nonsense and enjoys um, creating chaos in that kind of Steve Bannon way. That's how I would characterize him. Again, okay. take this with a pinch of salt. I have never listened to the man's show. <laughs> Tehran, have you guys your... listened to his show? I, I listened to his show in preparation oh, for this game. You're an angel. segment. I mean, I've listened to like clips because here's the thing. So my husband loves interviews with athletes. Yeah. And so he'll look at who if if Joe Rogan interviews one of the and, and he interviews these athletes that are like crazy. They've, you know, been done mountaineering at an extreme, you know, like hobbled by w- one leg. Like they do like crazy <laughs> endurance things. Right. Yeah. And my husband's just really into that. So sometimes I'll come home and I'll hear a, an athlete being interviewed by Joe Rogan. So that's like the main my main experience of Joe uh-huh. Rogan is about these like endurancey athlete things. Um, and then I listened to him this morning to get a sense of just like an average show. Like, how does it start? Like, what's going on? And 
and I listened to um, again. I didn't get to the whole. They're very long. Um, one with Jordan Peterson, which was a little oh bit God. of a that guy uh, is is a tough is a tough one to listen to. Um, I would in looking at he might be a really great like father and husband and friend or whatever, but he <laughs> is on a podcast level. I could just say a bloviator, mm. um, and who who also maybe spreads some misinformation as an, on his own. Mm. Like there was this moment where he said on the podcast that he. Seven million children die die every year of air part- particulates, like oven fires and stuff like that, right? And Joe Rogan was like, oh, wait, really? And then his producer looked it up, and his producer was like, actually, no, the number is much smaller. It's like in the hundreds of thousands. I can't remember what the specific number was. And he said, but seven million children are at risk. So like, And he's like, oh, that's where I got that number. Anyway, and then he just moved wow. along. But it's like the difference between the number he was peddling and then the actual number is so vast that like the I was expecting a huge mea culpa of right. like oh my god yeah okay that's a really big difference so let me scale it back like but he didn't do any of that so like he has on some of these dudes that have that quality mm-hmm. right where they say things that are wrong and even when they're confronted with the correct information they don't like aggressively apologize right. <laughs> and um and and joe rogan himself i would say i mean he's not a stupid guy i wouldn't call him you know i i would say he's very curious about the world but i would just say he doesn't nece- challenge necessarily he's not like a critical thinker yeah he doesn't challenge these people necessarily like in this moment where he challenged jordan peterson about that seven million number i was like oh good you know that's good um but there was a lot of straw man arguments happening and i didn't hear like very much challenge and and i don't know i you know they're just uh the show is long is the main <laughs> quality know, that's a, that's so <laughs> no and 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 by the way um up until very recently and maybe even still right this moment I would love to be a guest on that show because he has such a vast reach. Mm-hmm. So it's like, have, I mean, he has Candace Owens on, like, why have her on? Like, have me on, you know what I mean? Like, I'll, I'll say some things that I, I believe are better. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so I don't know. Tehran, where, where are you at? A lot of people don't know, actually, Negin. It's actually very sad. Uh, Seven million children die for listening to Joe Rogan's podcast every <laughs> single year. <laughs> Oh, I'm so sorry. Seven million are at risk, my producer. At risk, at risk. It's only a couple hundred thousand, but it's okay. It's interesting. (laughs) When you look at Joe Rogan, and especially the way uh, the show has turned, not only is it the most popular Spotify show, it does receive over 11 million listeners every single week, which makes it extremely popular. Like Within a month, it basically is a halftime show at the Super Bowl. So, you know, it's it's wow. it's getting there. And the concept is Spotify mm-hmm. made a business decision, not a moral one, right? Spotify made mm-hmm. a business decision. Hey, we just gave this guy $400 million. He brings us X amount of people every single week who signed up to Spotify. When he joined, by the way, that rush for Spotify blew all the other other uh, listening apps out of the water. Not that Spotify hadn't already yeah. done that, but was just blown out of the water. It made Spotify the Netflix of streaming audio by far. And they made a business decision. Is Joe Rogan basically Alex Jones light? Sometimes when Maeve said, is Joe Rogan a critical thinker? He is actually an extreme critical thinker. Unfortunately, he oftentimes critical thinks 
the wrong way. That's that's the thing. He critically thinks in the wrong way. He critically thinks in the way that skews to the conspiracy, the anti-vax, the flat earth. It's a lot of those. The, bringing Candace Owens, a lot of platforms, which is questionable because a self-proclaimed liberal, you see a lot of a lot of conservative values being spewed from that show. And it has become the the show for the the cisgender, heterosexual, white male mass shooter. Like that, I feel like that's the show that guy listens to. That incel oh listens oh to Joe God. Rogan. That being said, I'm with Negging. I would be on the show in a heartbeat. It pushes the meter. <laughs> I mean, one appearance on Joe Rogan and I'm good, right? Ask Theo Vaughn. Ask, right, right. you know, ask Kill Tony. Ask Tony Hinchcliffe. Go through the list. I mean, it would never come up, but I would not go on his show. Good, like, May, why would good you, for you. Why I will you take that show? spot. I will take that spot I'll, I'll and be I'm like, don't read this book. Don't yet. read this book, okay? <laughs> Don't read this book. I'm going to suggest no, both I, of you. Because, yeah. and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you. It's sort of like, I remember when Bernie Sanders went on the show and everyone was like, why is Bernie yeah. Sanders going on that show? I mean, look, Bernie Sanders went on that show because... Like he was running Peter, for president at the time. Because I personally do not want to lose, and like, I don't want to lose men. I don't want to lose white men. I don't want incels to become more of a thing. Yeah, because that's your demographic, Maggie. Those people. <laughs> I no, what, but you know what? It should be like I want to embrace exactly. those people and be like, guys, like I am not against you. Let's do this Together. thing. We're friends, and and here and here's like the many ways in which you can love a different message, and uh, and so that's part of the reason. It's hard. It's like the um the indecent proposal. Like, would you take a million dollars and do? something good with it but you have to have sex with robert redford i mean yes i don't know like it's um you don't know it's robert redford i I can also see i know that was such not an indecent it was like a definitely great proposal i would have sex with robert redford it's robert redford i'd have to take the l yeah yeah especially at that time the dude was hot um by the way rogan attended the university of massachusetts boston but found it pointless and dropped out Thank you, Danielle, for that fact check. I suppose what I mean is he purports to be this kind of like scholar of life. And and to do that, that's wonderful. And like, you know, be curious and do learn as much as you can. But then it's like, well, and how can you still keep coming up with all the same answers and you keep asking the same guys, like these same conspiracy theorist guys, like these same, you know, it, yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's yeah, quite... Yeah. Um, it's quite like myth. He makes his own myth that he is this like, you know, searching mind or whatever. And actually, he's just upholding the status quo, like very firmly. Well, so, Maeve, what is Spotify's responsibility? Forget yeah. Joe Rogan. What is Spotify's responsibility? I was thinking about that, too, because it's like they are his they basically produce him now because um, yeah, he, he used to be like independent YouTube and whatever yeah. and with with other companies. And then they exclusively pay him to make his show. So they that means they have a responsibility, right? I mean, with HeadGum, Nagin, is it like if you started to just like, I don't know. Do vaccine misinformation? Yeah, wouldn't something happen? Like, isn't that what, I, what, how... how I, 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 would, I would hope so. He creates I mean, a product for know? them and the product is yeah. dangerous. So don't they have some... Um, 
don't they have some responsibility? And then also as consumers, like, don't we have some responsibility? But that's a slippery and... slope, right? That's a slippery slope. And yeah, especially with these is, platforms, yeah. we get upset when Twitter censors people. We get upset when Facebook censors people. We get upset when Instagram censors people. And Spotify, by the way, known as an app online, but all of these companies should be just simply media companies and should be upheld but to the rules, But the difference rules, is, though, that Spotify regulations is, to media is paying companies. him to make this, like those other yeah. ones that you mentioned. That's that's the big difference that I'm curious about. Um you know, that they have basically become his his producer, you know, so I, they're, I don't they're really publishers. know. Um, they're publishers of a material, right? Right, right. It's not just, they're not just saying like, uh, come in, put up your wares. I, I, it's actually, more of like an exclusivity you know. deal where he promised to only put his content on their platform. That's really what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. And, and oftentimes we find on these platforms that we feel like if you don't believe in the freedom of speech for those you disdain, then you don't believe in the freedom of speech. That's where Spotify has a different regulation, even though it should be upheld to the same regulation as a media company. I fully believe that, and I think that this is where the technology and the laws have not caught up to one another. Where well, they do have their own. They do have their own regulations, like they say within Spotify. You know, it's it's not really a free speech thing. It's more about like the consequences of what you say when you say sure. it, and it's like, um, you know, I think if you if you go on a Spotify podcast and you say like vaccines kill people, then that you will be censored. That literally happened on Joe Rogan's podcast every other week. Just and so. then, yeah. but, but no, but they can kind of wriggle around it. You yeah, see. of course. Cause they well, can say, the Oh, they said he died after he took the vaccine. So like, it's such a gray area. And I do think 100%. it needs like, I just think maybe the thing within my own control and like this is obviously what like Neil Young felt and Brene Brown, which is like, well, I can remove myself from this Good equation. For them. Good for yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. That's that's how it works. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. Is and, and, and so many people want to change the world and so few people want to simply change themselves. It's just Neil Young said, Hey, this isn't for me. And if you continue, then I have to go. And that started that chain reaction where it's good. People are allowed to have this uh, feeling and they should, you know, I, you know, what's funny is part of the thing too, that I think it, why it reached a boiling point is mm-hmm. in the last week I listened, my husband was listening to some sort of a fighter uh, on the show and like, you know, they were talking about training and whatever, all the things that the, the athletes like to talk about. And then at a certain point in <laughs> training in, in, in and everything, Rogan, <laughs> <laughs> at a certain point, like Rogan brought the conversation to COVID, right. And talking about like, I didn't get the vaccine. No. Uh, oh, I got COVID. It was nothing or whatever. Like, so that he had that conversation. I listened to him on some other thing. I don't remember who that was. And again, had that conversation with this other guest. Yeah. I listened to him. He had a friend of mine on the show, this this Australian dude named Josh Zepps, who's been on Fake the Nation. Um, he has a show and a podcast in Australia. Um, and... And and he was trying very hard to say that Omicron doesn't kill people. And Josh Steps is like, no, it doesn't kill people at the same rate, but it could, in fact. And there's strain on hospital systems or whatever. And Joe Rogan kept being like, no, that's not true. And it was a back yeah. and forth where and I could see. And it's funny because like I know Josh, he handled it like very well. But like it, he was having a hard time sort of like being like, no, no. 
Omicron is different than the original, right? It's a variant, but it still could have the possibility. It's like a numbers thing. And he was just kept kept going. And, and, and Joe Rogan really didn't want to let that point through. Mm. And so I think what's happening is just the fever pitch up which he keeps talking about it. It's not that he has a couple of guys on and they say something crazy. It's just like... Somehow, every MMA fighter is has a segment, and it's like it's like these people are not epidemiologists, so they're just saying things, mm-hmm. right? To millions, what did you say, Tehran? Like thirteen million people? It's over eleven million um, people a week. Over mm-hmm. eleven million people, and so it's like, oh my god! So now every Tom, Dick, and Harry who has no scientific background keeps talking about it. So a dangerous. thing that is like, you know, so that's the thing to me that I I can see why Neil Young is like, all right, I I can't anymore. It's too many times with this one thing. It's it's it, it, it's weird how obsessed he is with this one thing, you know, Extreme. And again. And, and he's and he's and he's careful to say every time, like, no, my parents are vaccinated. And I believe if you want to get vaccinated, you should or whatever. But yeah. if you're 21 years old, like I would tell you, no, like you're you're healthy. He's great Why at tiptoeing. But we all know COVID's he's fake and 5G made me gay. And by the way, blaming little Nas X for all of this, just to let you know. <laughs> oh so that's actually a real thing. There's there's evidence. Harvard did a study. Harvard, the University About of Massachusetts making everybody. Gay. Yeah. University of Massachusetts at Boston, which if you drop out, it does a study and it tells you all these things. It's actually a thing. So I just want to let you all know. Not, nothing against anyone who's autodidactic, by the way. I fully support um, that. Good for them. It's just- yeah, that's fine. Well, folks, let me know. What do you think of Joe Rogan? What is Spotify's responsibility? Um, what is our responsibility as listeners? It's a very interesting subject. Uh, would you hate me if I went on Joe Rogan? Not that anyone's <laughs> asking. <laughs> And folks, that is the end of the show. And you know, every time I feel a little like down on a Wednesday morning and then I do this show, I almost always feel better. And it's because of panelists like the two of you that just lift me out of a shitty mood and just make me feel better about the world and about talking. Oh, Nagin. I don't know. I just really love it. So thank you for doing that for me. And I hope, um, and I, and I am going to speak for my audience here and for the audience. <laughs> um, but what I would really love is for people to be able to find you and all the wonderful things that you do. Maeve Higgins, where do they do that? Oh, you can get my book. Tell everybody on this train. I love them. Um, or I'm on Instagram in Maeve in America. Maven America. And listen, folks, I mean, May I have I have her last book, which is phenomenal. I don't have this one yet. McGee, I mentioned you in this book. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, I do. Yeah, because I mentioned the time that I came to your apartment and you made me feel better about something. Oh, stop. That's really cute. Oh, my gosh. Well, I can't wait to read it. I haven't gotten my grubby hands on it yet, but I will. All right. Um, And honestly, I just cannot recommend a Maeve Higgins book in general more. So definitely go go immediately um, buy from your local bookstore uh, Maeve Higgins book. Uh, Tell everyone on the train I love them. And Tehran, where do people find you? Find me at I am Tehran all across the board. And actually, especially on Instagram, Negging, I mentioned you in my Instagram post. Huh? 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 It's the same. It's so the find same. me. And honestly, being on your show for me is sometimes it's bittersweet because 
you're such an amazing person that I honestly think you should run for president. You give me so much hope in the world. And then I also realize how many people not like you exist in the world. And I'm sad all over again. But please no, find me. And Maeve, you're amazing. Like, I'm a Maeve fan. So that's what's up. I was so glad to see you both today. It made my day. Find me all across the board at I am Tehran. My name is Tehran, like the capital of Iran. So if you don't know how to spell it, just watch Fox News. It's literally on every night. They blame me every night. So, <laughs> <laughs> By the way, folks, if, if you missed the like cosmic connection between me and Tehran, he is black and Iranian like my daughter. The fact that he exists just all, you know. All I'm the original vampire. I'm the original vampire. You know, I started a trend. <laughs> it was like a thing. No one was black and Persian before me. I don't care if they're older than me or not. No, no, no. Without you, there would be no my daughter. That's how it works. You know, I made it okay in bridging gaps. That's what we do. Uh, Okay, well, folks, um, thank you so much for everyone who's been sending in your races to watch. Um, Please keep them coming. You can send us an email at um, fakethenation at headgum.com. People have also been contacting me on on Instagram and on Patreon uh, and on Twitter. And so you definitely... Do whatever medium feels the best. Uh, I am more likely to not lose them if they're at fakethenationheadcom.com. But what I would really love to do is a really thank our wonderful producer, Danielle Jones-Wesley, our fantastic sound engineer, Stephanie Aguilar. Our theme music was written by Gabby Alter. And as always, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts because it helps people find the show. You can email us again at fakethenationheadgum.com. Join the Patreon for bonus content and so much more. You can do that at patreon.com slash Farsad for as little as $1 a month. You can support the show for as little as $4 a month. You, got, you start getting free stuff. Uh, and that is the end of the show. We'll be back in your earballs next week. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>